0: Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 Podcast. This is episode number 22, Games from Movies. Now, I'm also going to be doing a separate podcast of movies that gave us games. But I started writing the script for this one and realized that there are a lot of games from movies. So this could be like maybe in a couple months we do another one of games from movies. Uh, There are some pretty big movies and big movie franchises attached to this one. Uh, but I talked about doing this when I talked about the books and books about games one. And, you know, they're just it, it's so interesting how popular culture will affect games and games will affect popular culture. And I think it's really interesting that it's not just a video game environment. It is also a tabletop game environment. So you're going to see you know we're, I'm not just talking about video games today. I'm going to be talking about tabletop games as well. But let's get started, and you know the number one, and I will not uh, disagree with this other. I am a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am a huge fan of Marvel. Just you know, you either pick Marvel or DC. There's actually a really good book I'm listening to about that. Uh, but the the first game I'm going to pick was one I actually played, and it's Spider-Man 2. So it's from the Spider-Man 2 movie, and you know this is a really cool game that. You know, on today's standards, and it it came out what uh, 2004, I believe. But by today's standards, we would be like, oh, you know, Spider-Man Two was kind of a ho hum superhero movie. There wasn't as much craziness. But you know, you look at the cast of the movie of Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Alfred Mer- Molina, sorry, Alfred, I'm a huge fan of yours. It was very nervous. Rosemary Harris, J.K. Simmons, Donna Murphy. Bill Nunn, if you don't know who Bill Nunn is, go look him up on IMDb. You'll be like, oh, Bill Nunn. William Defoe and Cliff Robertson, who gave one of the greatest movie lines of all time. If you're in that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So, you know, the, a huge cast, really big time. It was a great movie, in my opinion, because I'm a big Dr. Octopus fan. I'm not going to spoil the movie. It's forever ago. But I was a big Doc Ock fan, so it was kind of neat to see him come. And, you know, they they really put some elements in that are from the comic books. So, you know, you really have to like this movie. You know, like I said, people gave it mixed reviews. And again, it's one of my big issues, and I guess I'll go to soapbox for a quick second, is how do you take 20 to 80 years of history that are built in the comic books? I mean, Spider-Man... I'm looking at an episode or a uh, issue here that's at 800 of the amazing Spider-Man. They've had 800, you know, and obviously Superman and you know Batman are older than him uh, by standards, but how do you pack that into two hours? And then people get really, Oh, you know, that just wasn't perfect. And it's like, you know, purist, I'm sorry. I got to be entertained. It was cool to see Spider-Man go out there and fight Dr. Octopus and see all those things. So, you know, Enough about the movie. I want to talk about the game. So I actually played this game. I loved this game for two reasons. One, it was fun to play a superhero game. It was fun to have missions where you're going after, you know, Dr. Octopus or the Rhino, or you're trying to save people from bad guys. And, you know, in typical Spidey fashion, Spidey, you know, shoots the web on them, ties the uh, bad guys up, stuff like that. But the really cool part of this game, was that you could go and swing and do tricks and do different motions all across Manhattan. It had a huge board. So at the time, we were used to being stuck in very small spaces where you got to deal with the room you're in. This is Spider-Man zinging around Manhattan. And you would fly all over the place. It it was such a a great thing. You could just, you know, sit there and just fly and you could swing and you could do tricks in the air. And it's really kind of a, you know, beginning of, of a new era in games because you're able to take that, you know, space and just go kind of free play in a way. So, you know, a lot of there are a lot of games that can be on that list of that added feature that came after Spider-Man because it really, you know, as they say, changed the game. Ha <laughs> ha Puns completely intended. So think about, you know, if you ever uh, want to go pick up a PS3 Or an Xbox, old school, and play some Spider-Man 2. It is kind of fun to swing around like Spider-Man. And I do think that the latter Spider-Man games added that mechanic in there because they're fun. Okay, so the next game or movie we're going to talk about that was brought in by a game is actually uh, from a huge franchise. And the franchise is of no more of an iconic character than James Bond. The game is Goldeneye off the movie, GoldenEye. And then you know, the movies, uh, Bond movies have inspired some of the most memorable villains, my favorite Goldfinger. because uh, Goldfinger had odd job, and odd job is actually in Goldeneye the game. I'll talk about that. But you know, they created all of these amazing villains, and then you had the Bond, you know, list, then you had the Bond girls or Bond ladies. I like to be called the Bond Ladies because they seem much more attractive than saying Bond Girl. That seems weird to me. I don't know, they've always said it. But you just have these countless rankings over the movies, over the Bonds, over the villains, over the villains henchmen, over, you know, folks that work with them, including the different Felix Lightners, uh in the in the, you know, and, and quite a, it's really hard for me to pick because that's actually a tough one for me. I love all the Felixes. But you what's really crazy about this is the bond created over 25 25 plus video games and 30 plus tabletop games. So you have, you know, you're looking at over 50 or and significantly more. I think it's actually closer like over 60 games that came out of the Bond franchise, which is awesome. Now, there's one clear-cut favorite and I already said the name, Goldeneye. And GoldenEye is a first-person shooter. Oh, first, give a huge shout-out again always, and please donate to Wikipedia. They were super helpful on this episode because, I mean, the amount of Bond games was crazy. I had to go out and, like, search and search and research, and I read a lot. I know a lot about James Bond games now, so maybe it's a, I can be a subject matter expert in it at some point. Okay, but GoldenEye 007 is a first-person shooter game developed by Rare and based... On the movie GoldenEye, it was released from the Nintendo 64 game console in August of 1997, and why that's a big deal is because at that point we had first-person shooters, but you you know and you can play the single campaign in this where you get to be you know James Bond as he stops the syndicate from using a satellite, which is in the movie. And I'm sorry if you haven't seen this movie; I'm I, it's spoilers are behest right at this point. But he's trying to stop you know people using a satellite against. London and causing a global financial uh, meltdown. But the cool part is it include a split screen multiplayer mode and where you could have four players that could fight against each other. And, you know, the deathmatch match scene. So whoever, you know, last man standing kind of thing, which is kind of insane because we didn't have that. At that point, and when it, we had it, it was like we're going to play GoldenEye, and we're going to play GoldenEye for a very long time. And then it had variations that built into it. And GoldenEye was actually took two and a half years to create this. And so Martin Hollis, who had created the Killer Instinct big cabinet games and the video games, so he and a team created those. But it was considered a highly acclaimed game by all the gaming media out there. It sold over eight million copies worldwide, and it's basically the third best-selling Nintendo 64, and it also received the BAFTA Interactive Games Award, four awards from the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, and, you know, as we look back, it is considered an important game in the history of first-person shooters By because, again, it broke us down into having just do one. We were able to break it into... For this game is actually considered one of the greatest video games of all time, and you know if you, you've seen Goldeneye references in other movies, like if you've seen Ready Player One, they talk about like oh who did James Holloway play, and they're like oh odd job, and what was his favorite way slappers only, and you, I'm gonna let you go look up slappers only because it's hilarious, especially if you're looking for a fun game. If you're looking for a game that could be Kind of fun to bring out if you're, you know, kind of our age, if you're over 50 or not. This would be a great game to break out because it's a Nintendo Cube. You can probably find one, get some Goldeneye, or if you have a console, it's out there in, in every form. So, you know, it's really Goldeneye created this effect. And then it also started a ton of Goldeneye tournaments. So people played in tournaments, played Goldeneye in tournaments consistently. For a very long time, as this is going on. All right. So now, we talked a couple of video games. Let's step into the tabletop, and we're going to start with the tabletop of maybe one of the uh, one of the biggest movies. If you're watching an awards season, but one of the biggest movies people have said, "Hey, you've got to watch this." In fact, I was uh, we were watching the movie "You've Got Mail" with Tom Hanks and uh, oh shoot, I'm forgetting her name. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot her name. And uh, that's going to bother me for a minute. It has Greg Kinnear in it, too, and a bunch of other people. Oh, shoot. She's like everybody's sweetheart back in the 80s. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. She's in Harry Mate Sally. Oh, I'll, I'll figure it out in a minute. And learn about it. We're watching this. They make this Godfather reverence. Oh, you know, the Godfather and stuff like that. But the Godfather is really one of the biggest franchises of movies. Big Three big movies that came out of it but godfather corleone's empire designed by eric lang and you got to take a look at eric lang the guy is awesome he creates some amazing amazing games uh you know with you know the artists artists that are built in this and the artistry that is really amazing because it's not just a board it also has 3d characters and pieces stuff like that uh nicholas fructus carl Kopensky, and richard wright and what's great is if you go out to BGG, Board Game Geeks, you can actually take a look at the whole. They have pictures galore. But take a look at it. Also, if you can, donate to uh, donate to the uh, Board Game Geeks. It's the 302nd overall game and 197th in strategy. And it has almost 5000 ratings on it and 821 comments and they are not the bad comments they're like oh my gosh look at the elegance of how this game is built how it's written things to that effect so definitely take a look at this game out on bgg but let's start with the most important things we're talking about tabletops it is a two to five player game it takes about an hour to an hour and a half to play And the age range says 14 plus. The community out on BGG says 12 plus could probably pick it up. And I didn't include this previous, but I'm going to add it now. The complexity rating, so the difficulty of learning how to play the game and playing the game, is actually at a 2.59 out of 5. So it's, you know, halfway. So complex, but maybe not the most complex game ever uh, created. So really looking at it from that point of view, easy game. It's going to be a fun game if you want to sit around. Maybe uh, this is a good coffee game, or you watch the, uh, the watch the movie The Godfather, and then you go and you play. All right, so let's step back into, you know, what The Godfather is. And so reading off some stuff that's out on BGG, when you it's just a bit as so so time to step back just a bit as the Godfather Collins empire is based on Mario Puzo's best-selling novel converted to a movie by Francis Ford Coppola. Now remember Francis Ford Coppola has a lot of famous relatives, including Talia Shires, who is Connie in the Godfather, but she's also your Adrian. She's Adrian. Francis Ford Coppola is her brother, as well as he has some very famous nephews and, uh, You'll love the first one because you have Nicholas get in the cage. So Nicholas Cage is actually Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, as well as Jason Schwartzman, who he has been in every Wes Anderson, or I think almost every Wes Anderson movie. But more people remember Max Fisher. And so, he, you know, it's one of my favorites. But also don't forget that Francis Ford Coppola's daughter is Sophia Coppola. Who's attached to it? Who is also a famous filmmaker, and I actually think she was in one of the movies. I have to go back and look again. I didn't really look at the IMDb, but the Godfather movies are star studded. You're going to, you know, if you've never seen them, and I know people who haven't, go take a look at them. They have a ton of actors in there. They're very period related to that time. Uh, that's you know after World War II, right after you know the time. And again, like I said, the the film is inspired um, movies upon movies, upon movies. And it's a subject matter, but also how they filmed it. Uh, Really, really fantastic movies. I know I'm fanboying out for you guys. Again, like I said, these are historically accurate. I love them. I do think that the movie, the, the general theme of the movie, is you have an inner world of conflict, both physically and mentally. And we don't really always think of the mental side of it. Okay, so... Now, if you it, it just last piece about Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather is a fantastic, amazing movie, but it is not, in my opinion, his best movie. The Outsiders, which I would love for them to create a game, I could become Pony Boy for once in my life. Uh, but the the Outsiders was my favorite. It's again the first one of those movies that has a book attached to it. Again, like the Godfather, and it was the first book I ever read before I saw the movie. And it was so neat because I had an idea of what they, the characters look like. Totally put it all together in so it. So it just, again, the whole Godfather piece. And again, you somebody who's probably heard this has probably watched The Godfather. Or if you haven't, definitely get a copy of it. You can probably get it at the library. Um, totally easy to get. Very easy, easy to get. All right. So this game. And we're just going to read a little bit off of what is out on BGG. Oh, actually, let me give Eric Lang a little bit more love. So if you haven't seen anything created by Eric Lang, uh, I have played several of his games, and I just hadn't put it together. But we had talked about uh, in the Dice, Ma- dice uh, Episode 8 about Dice Games, a game called Dice Masters. Well, guess who created that? Eric Lang. Amazing. Amazing. As well as if you've ever seen the Munchkin uh, collectible card game he's created and then the viking game if you like vikings is based on vikings blood rage as well as in it for everyone who likes their mystical stuff Cthulhu death may die so definitely check out eric's games he actually has a site i think it's ericling.com if not just do a quick search um but per bgg designer eric lang Known for his dudes-on-a-map games, describes The Godfather's Quileone Empire as a standalone big-box board game with high-quality managers as thugs on a map. I love it. In short, the game is a streamlined confrontational worker placement game filled with murder and intrigue. You play as competing mafia families that are vying for economic control over an organized crime networks of New York City, deploying your thugs, your Don, your wife, and your heir on the board to shake down business and engage in area control... Turf Wars. So, if you saw the movie, The Godfather, you can read the book, The Godfather. Now you can play the game and be The Godfather. Or you can be Michael. <gasps> you can choose. Anywho, uh, again, this is a very mafioso race released game. Right, relatable game. I guess that's the word. Relatable type game. Money, rackets, contract. You have union boss. It's also, you have cards that you play. You're limited to how many cards you get. And you can also pay tribute to the Don. to get more cards. Uh, there's also, if you, I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody to seen it, but there's a scene where someone gets shot from a car in the movie, um, but you can actually remove your enemies off. The great thing about this uh, award-wise is this game has won the 2018 Origins Awards for Best Board Game as a nominee, and 2017 Golden Geek Best Thematic Board Game as an uh, nominee. A thats easy enough for me to say. Hey. I can say "anemone" as well if I need to. Ha! Uh, huh. Anywho, now you know we talked about in the board game episode were in mechanics. Now, what's kind of cool about this is it has a lot of mechanics and. Several, including area majority or influence, so you control an area, auctioning and bidding, card drafting, holding cards, hand management, holding those cards, card drafting, getting cards, hand management, getting those cards, memory, trying to remember what's happened. You also have variable player powers and worker placement, so you can place people on the board. Uh, you know, it's really a very, very, very cool, cool uh, type game to get a hold of if you have a chance or if you can go to a, board uh, game cafe and maybe they have it and easy enough. So, you know, definitely i I would love to add this game. I'm adding this game on. Cause one, I love miniatures and games, but two, I love the, uh, the fact that I can play, maybe have a Godfather night at our house and, you know, maybe everybody shows up and I'm not saying we have pizza, but maybe we have like sausage and peppers. We put down some bruschetta. We have some red wine, you know, And we completely have a Godfather night. So this is really cool in case you're wanting to have something like a theme evening or something like that with friends. So definitely, definitely, definitely take a look at the Godfather. All right. So we've talked about two tabletop games and my memory has kicked in. I apologize for everybody. Uh, When I was thinking earlier uh, about the movie, it is Meg Ryan. What's the person I was thinking of? Oh, I feel so horrible because now I'm going to, you know gotta let that go but meg ryan was the person i was thinking of so anybody who is sitting there going oh you're so dumb you forgot about meg ryan well i was writing a podcast to put together so anywho now <laughs> this last board game and then i've got one more game and it's a very special game for a very special friend of mine's birthday is my last tabletop game is actually connected to one of my favorite actors and i have a, a list of actors or people that i really like as actors uh that i will definitely see any movie they're in um because he's from Kentucky, George Clooney. Oh, because she's from Kentucky, Jennifer Lawrence. No, they're great actress, actors and actresses. Um, I was for the longest time, I have a huge can of Reeves. I think that guy's great in everything. But I mean, if if you can't love Bill and Ted The Matrix, I don't know. We may need to talk. I mean, the Lake House, yeah. But going to the Lake House, Sandra Bullock, another favorite. But then this guy, and this guy was one of my favorite actors from when I was a kid because I saw a movie called The Computer War Tennis Shoes. It's an old Disney movie. If you have Disney Plus or you have a library card, you can probably go find this movie at the library, but it is on Disney Plus as well. But Kurt Russell is in this movie, and you're probably going, oh, it could be one of maybe two movies. Well, that's true. It could be one of two movies because Kurt Russell's been in more than one of two of this uh, famous director's. Movies, but Kurt Russell has actually been in Big Trouble in Little China, which is fantastic movie. John Carpenter, who created some, like I said, some of these most iconic movies that are like horror and dark comedies, including The Thing, which is a board game, The Thog, Halloween, Escape from New York, which is a board game, and Starman for all our, uh, you know, it is not the Bowie, you know, song because there is not a Starman. Nope, it's the Jeff Bridges movie. But the cool fact about John Carpenter that goes along with this, which makes it so much easier for me to like this and even better, is a graduate of Western Kentucky University who, like my great-uncle, my grandmother, and my mother all graduated from Western Kentucky. So go Hilltoppers. Anywho, Big Trouble in Little China has also has another set of amazing actors like the other movies that are in here, including Kim Cattrall, who is Gracie law in the movie. And if you haven't seen this movie again, it's back from the eighties. You're going to love it. Go rent it. It's right because has two of also my, some of my favorite actors in here, including James Hong. And you, you'll see him in so many movies and go, Oh, James Hong. As well as Victor Wong. And Victor Wong is one of my favorite favorites. He just cracks me up right and left in this movie. He's hilarious. He has great one liners. So, the purpose of, premise of this movie, I should say, is you have Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell. And he'll say, Jack Bert- Burton? Or they say, Jack? And he goes, yeah, Jack Burton. He does it all the time in the movie. Gets out, wrapped up some crazy, crazy stuff in San Francisco. Did you think I was going to spoil this? I wasn't going to tell you anything else. And I am not that mean. Go watch it. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's a little weird. So perfect for, folk, for folks who love it. Now, the game. Most important part, this game is designed by Christopher Bottarel. Oh, darn, Christopher, I'm so sorry. Bottarel, Oh, it is Bartolis. Okay, my bad. Bartolis, Boris Polanski, and Jim Sammartino. Okay, yeah, I missed Christopher's name off, but I mean, Bruno Sammartino, the wrestler, easy. Um, the art, which is amazing in this game, is by Henning, uh, Henning Ludicson, and Boris Polanski. Hey, wow cooling work both sides i'm kidding and that. and the publisher is everything epic games it's a one to four players game time one to two hours again age 14 plus the community says 12 plus now the weight the complexity is a little higher it's a 3.00 out of five which do not let that scare you off it may just take you a uh, you know an hour or two to uh you know Read through it, maybe do a little bit of your own first playing into it before you get into it. But the game is beautiful. It is beautiful. The art is beautiful, amazing, incredible. And I played this game a couple of years ago. It was so much fun. You get to play, you know, different people in the game. It is a lot of, a lot of fun. Now, per Epic Games, the description is this is a secret world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. They call it Little China. It's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton and his friends as they uncover an ancient diabolical plot. So Big Trouble in Little China sends you up and up to three players on a wild adventure experience, unknown in mystical underworld Chinatown. Each brave character uses their own unique talents and abilities to take on various missions throughout Little China. You will venture through the iconic locations in Chinatown, saving helpless and thwarting evil plans, all while discovering weapons and rare magics to your benefit. So if you've seen the movie, the game is as cool and interesting. Now, last little bit. And you'll have to know who Lo Pan is, but it is played by James Hong. Fantastic actor. The clock is ticking as Lopan inches closer to breaking the curse and regaining his mortal form. The heroes are thrown into a final showdown with Lopan and his most elite bodyguards to put a final end to his reign of terror. And I had to say terror because that makes it sound better. Another cool thing is Big Trouble in Little China actually has a deluxe edition that you can play with six players. Very cool stuff. All right. So... The final game I want to add in here, and I'm doing this for my very, very dear friend, Kate Edwards. It is her birthday right now, today, while I'm recording this. And if you've never followed Kate on Twitter, you should. I'm going to go put something out on Twitter after we're done. But she is, again, we've talked about this, the executive director of the Global Game Jam. We talked about them. An amazing cosplayer. And the only person I know who's visited almost all of the Star Wars filming locations, that's the desert, the Jedi Island, the inner Arctic Circle, she took a picture. I have no idea where she was in the Arctic Circle. She's a geographer and has actually spoke at the Royal Geographic Society. Yeah, I can say that easy, huh? But the game is the original Star Wars cabinet game released in 1983. And you come on, you knew I was going to have to have a Star Wars one in here, right? It's like the biggest game, biggest movie franchise of all time. And if you've ever known or met my friend Kate, this game, owning one of these games is on her bucket list. We have played this game more times together. And more often, she'd have to buy a bigger lock in her house so that she would not have me standing next to her. Just saying, oh, you missed another tower, you missed another tower. Because I just sit there, I love to be sarcastic while she's playing. She's a really good player at this game. And I promise, George Lucas, if you would ever love to come and talk on my podcast and talk about how you brought this game in, um, or if you want to include me on your next Indiana Jones movie, maybe I can be Indiana Jones' uh, nephew, and he's really foolish, and maybe gets run over by a boulder. I'd be okay with that. But, again, per Wikipedia and Donate to Wikipedia, remember. It is a first-person rail shooter game designed by Mike Halley and released in the arcades in 1983. 3D color vector graphics, which means, like, stick graphics if you ever saw Battlezone, the game. But if you've never seen it, go find it. And you simulate the assault on the Death Star from, the obviously, the movie, Star Wars. And basically, this was released during what we call the, air quote, golden age of arcade games. And it has digitized digitized samples of voices from... Mark Hamill, Alec Guinness, James Earl Jones, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, R2-D2, and my favorite, Chewbacca. Uh, you start out as Red 5, Luke Skywalker's X-Wing fighter, and you have to you know start out and attack. In phase one, you basically attack TIE fighters and Darth Vader. In phase two of of each time, and you can play it multiple phases over and over again, and it just gets harder. You basically go across the surface of the Death Star, and you're having to take out the towers so that you can get into the trench. Phase three, you can get into the trench. What is really kind of cool is if you don't shoot anything while you're in that trench, you get awarded using the Force, and it'll give you special things. Um, This was one of the coolest games when I first saw it. It was huge, 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 huge out there. And then after it was created and it was a big cabinet, they then created it for the Atari 2600, 5200 ColecoVision Commodore. Again, in 1987 and 88, they put it on the Amiga, the Atari ST, moved it to some more other computers that are out there, and then finally got it over to the Apple IIe, the Macintosh, the Com 64 again, and MS-DOS versions. So this is a game that went around from, say, you know, starting out in 1983 and then was still relevant in 1989. Now, what's really great about this game is that someone actually scored 300 million points on this game. I think that's crazy. Then people actually raise money and play it for local charity. Now, I have thrown a ton of quarters into this. I'm not a huge Luke Skywalker fan. In fact, I would probably end up living on Kashyyyk with Chewie as a Wookiee friend. And that would just be my okay with me. But uh, and, and speaking of that, rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. God bless you. I saw him at Inter- Interval City Comic Con and he was fantastic. So... Again, so huge games, huge movies that are in here. This is the first of two podcasts. The next one, we'll be talking about games that inspired movies. So again, happy birthday, Kate, and I'll talk to you soon.